Gringo in Latin America podcast episode with Miguel. Uh, Miguel is an artist in New York City. He runs a theater. He's a teacher um, in uh, Hunter College with uh, Spanish and um, does an artist. He's just uh, overall performance artist, language, um, doing some really cool stuff in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Um, so check it out. Uh, you know, during COVID nineteen, a lot of artists are struggling right now. So. Powered by Arte Agave, Gringo in Latin America is talking to Miguel Trellis, and uh, we're going to get a little perspective on uh, the arts in uh, New York City. So hop on in, and uh, I hope you enjoy. All right, here we go in three, two, one. All right, man, we are live, and we are back, um, sort of back uh, with Miguel. We tried this one time, and uh, I, I messed everything up with uh, the audio. didn't happen on my end. Uh, so Miguel, welcome back. Um how are you doing, man? How are you holding up? It's, uh, you know, late May, you're in New York City. What's going on and how are you holding up? I, you know, I'm holding up with a lot of hope that, that we are, um, uh, you know, evolving. And right now it's certainly a little bit more people out than when we last spoke. Um, and so that's, you know, it's gingerly sort of moving along, but then there's the ambiguity, right? It's anything really fixed or moving, but we got to get out. We got to get out. We got to get out. So yeah. thanks for asking, man. Yeah, so um, before we get going, uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what several things that you do? Hey, um, uh, you know, first and foremost, I'm a visual artist. I love to draw. I'm a printmaker. Um, that's a print of, uh, of the studio building where I'm at, and those are figures copied from a very classic Puerto Rican um, print portfolio about popular music in, in Puerto Rico. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I paint. I, I, I do that most of the time, or it's a continuity throughout my life. But I also teach, which has been, you know, we were talking before you were asking, how is it? I've had a community of students, actually three communities of students who, with whom I've had the privilege of, of teaching, hanging out, you know, sharing like hey, what's going on in your end because everybody's hard up. So having those three classes has been uh, amazing. That's nice, man. So you've been, oh, yeah. uh, you've been able to stay busy um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I imagine a lot of people that are watching this know you, but what about you? Well, how have you been holding, holding up with the yeah, man, I've been, um, you know, I've been trying to pivot my business is, is events, you know what I mean? So I do events, and then the other part of my business is getting, like, liquor brands, like the tequila bottles you see here, into bars and restaurants. So obviously, all of that is completely oh, so down for me. So, that's so I get break your interview. What's that? I, tequila bottles, so I took it to drink in the interview. I might have a, a sip. Oh, no, there's no this, – this, this, um, this podcast is powered by Arte Agave, man, so we're, we're a drinking crew. Um, and we're, we're hospitality people, man. So we, I, I don't, there's no judging, man. You can drink um, and do, do whatever you do, whatever you want. So yeah, man, so I, I've literally been just been pivoting to more content videos. I launched this podcast, you know, about, about six weeks, seven weeks ago. Um, so I, I've been taking everything that I sort of do inside four walls and trying to put it, you know, via uh, content video, whether it be, you know, video, audio um, kind of format. So, you know, just trying to stay busy, trying to stay relevant and trying to, you know, give myself something to do so I can get away from the kids and the wife for an hour and a half. Um, and feel like I'm relevant again. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep the lights on until we get back out onto the streets. And, you know, I'm like you, man, I like the hustle. So I'm ready to get back out there. Well, I, you know, I put this on because I, I, I also direct this theater called La Pia. It's a <laughs> Latin American theater experiment associate. <laughs> so I use sure Very La Pia. And so, you know, it's, it's Latin American theater. And uh, I think uh, such a thing as agave, uh, quite a Latin American drink brought us together. So, Hopefully, you know, you're talking about taking your stuff online and everything. I, I'm doing now plays through cell phones. Um, I mean, not me. I just facilitate and yep. do stuff. We have a community of artists. We're doing uh, jazz, you know, a jazz evening um, also online. And, um, and we, you know, we, I started interviewing this journalist, one from Spain. He was from the Financial Times or the London Times, you know, but he was stationed in Madrid checking out the scene. And another journalist is from The Economist. So these are like, you know, like really... Um, uh, Dr. Dr. Behide, Dr. Behide. So we're also having programming, man. We're programming, like you're trying to keep it going, trying to keep it going. That's cool, man. So to talk about, um, you know, talk about, you know, the theater group that you have, talk about the theater a little bit, you know, what was happening before COVID, you know I mean? What did it look like for you? What was your schedule? Um, and I know you're, you're at a theater. So tell us a little bit about that theater, a little bit of history of it and what normally goes on at that theater. Yeah, well, the theater um, has been busy. I, I've only been with the theater the past three years. So it's been relatively okay. recent. The theater is a long history. 
um, has a long history because it's like from the 90s, you know, late 80s, early 90s here in the city, and it's been incorporated. And I think like in a, as a small downtown Latin theater institution, it's gone through a lot of, you know, a lot of epochs, a lot of people, a lot of, so now we're in this whatever iteration, right? And uh, right before the pandemic, we had a show from Costa Rica called mm. The Construction of the, of the Wall, talking about immigration. Immigration was an issue. There were other issues before this. This is just like wiped it all out of the, of the slate. So we were doing a play on that, guests from there, written by a Pulitzer Prize winner from here called Robert Schenken. It's his play, you know, The Construction of the Wall. And then we have this uh, amazing rehearsal rooms. So we got an ecosystem of people coming to the dance, theater, play music. Um, we also got food justice talks. We have, you name it, it goes through there. A bunch of Australian guys once were like being taught how to, to, to talk to women. You know, it was like a, a workshop going on and stuff. So, so we, we let, you know, anything and everything. So it's very funky, that sense. And the Tai Chi people talk to theater people, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What, and what's the name of the theater again? It's called Latea. We call it Latea. 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 Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. It's an acronym gotcha. for the Latin American theater thing. But Latea in Spanish is also the torch, you know, in the Olympics, the torch, oh. like that's Latea. Like boom, boom, boom. Nice. I, I wouldn't know that if I was uh, learning my Spanish that I promised everyone that I'd be learning. Um, I think it's the one most disappointing thing about myself in the last six weeks. I've not really done my, uh, my Duolingo uh, Spanish app. Um, that I downloaded. So I got to get back on that. And that's why I'm glad I'm back doing the podcast because now I have, you know, I've got to get back on track with um, people, people that I promised um, that I would start learning the language more than the typical 15 words that I know. <laughs> well, it's a word for you in Spanish. You'll find out about it. Suave. Okay. Suave. Ooh, right? Suave. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, cool, man. So tell me, tell me about the, what, what court you're, you're teaching. Um, Spanish, in Spanish your your courses at Baruch College at Baruch College yeah got it uh, it's yeah, just and then, how's that going well, well it's gone very well you know as an, as a visual artist I've had to do a number of things you know throughout my career and um, and I started you know I I got the break uh, my girlfriend and now ex wife at the time she's an actor so she got me into teaching what was it English to Russian Jews that were just arriving. Um, in the early 90s um, in New York. There was a resettlement, a Jewish resettlement organization. So because I was working with all these uh, actors back then, I, I picked up a way of teaching that's my own little performance. You know, I get, I get busy in the classroom. I try to make it very dynamic. So, so that, and then, you know, I've, I've been teaching visual arts at Hunter yeah. College, uh, not, not, not any longer, but I've been there for, I was there for quite some time. Also, um, Latin American history at Baruch sometimes, on and off, okay. through the Black and Latino Studies Department. But Spanish is just fun, you know, because you just go in there. I, I guess that's my relation to the theater, the performance. Yeah. And hey, Miguel, what, what's your background, man? Where, where, are you, where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm, I'm from Puerto Rico. I grew up in San Juan. And, uh, and I, uh, my, my father is Cuban. My father is Cuban. So we heard a lot of stories about, hmm. about Cubans. And we, have a, we were raised with a lot of Cubans in our family. So that was really cool. And, um, and I, um, I came here for college and I've stayed. Nice. I got. A, I have a question for you. I, I recently had someone on the podcast. Um, he's from Puerto Rico, lived in America, and he works for. I might get this wrong, but he works for the government, and he's pushing. Um, he's pushing for Puerto Rican statehood. Um, so for Puerto Rico to become a, to become a state. Um, and then I just recently started to hear different sides of it. You know, people from America who are Puerto Rican, and people who are from Puerto Rico who are Puerto Rican. And then I'm just trying to like trying to navigate a little bit. I just kind of wanted to get hear your perspective on. You know, are you pro Puerto Rico becoming a state or you're, you like it as its own entity or have any thoughts around it at all? I think geography is destiny and uh, an mm -hmm. island has to be its own state, no matter what relation it may have with anybody, like witness what happened with the whole Maria thing. I mean, we're, we're independent by default and we have to learn to be more independent because, you know, you have a hurricane in a small island, our island, that we, you know, we grew up with, we were born there, whatever. And then, you know, we are not in control of how to handle that emergency. Okay, like, lend me the tools, help me out, but I gotta know, you know, we gotta do this thing. So I feel independence uh, is, is, the, is the way to go. How to do this is gonna be very, very hard. I mean, and there is a relationship uh, between the United States and Puerto Rico that is very strong. For example, we used to have an expired amazing pharmaceutical sector. At a time when the United States was investing in its pharmaceutical infrastructure, uh, way more aggressively and look you stop doing that and look what happened so there's been there is symbiosis and that has led to good jobs 
certain, you know, magnificent, you know, like a, a scene. But remember, we are, we are in crisis. We are uh, in crisis. We have been in crisis. We went bankrupt. We have had uh, the hurricane. The earth keeps shaking. So, and that's in the island. Um, and, and so we are independent regardless. It's like how we handle that independence is, is what's important. And I think, you know, the United States is all about self, you know, determination and, and, and going forward that way. So I think that's what joins us, not, not the other story, you know. Yeah. Not another story. I just, you know, it's it's something that I, I haven't really thought about. And this this guy I was connected to, he's that's what his job is is the, is to help right. it become paid. And then we we posted this, you know, on YouTube, and there was a couple of people just chiming in. Some people for it, some people against it. Some people. Well, no, I think I think you know a lot of people are are you know for independence, but again, a lot of people are also very pragmatic. What's the how is that process? How do we do this? You know, like how do we work together? I mean, because because we also have you know a long history of. Um, of dominion by the United States on the on the on the bad side, and, and of friendship with the United States on the good side. There's always good and bad, you know. And we've yeah. done some terrible things, but some magnificent things as well. So it's uh it's how we how we how we go forward, and we all yeah. need to go, you know. And um, I don't know what else to tell you, but I, I take all sides. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's just every, everyone's saying, you know, I'm just trying to. Yeah, you're trying to get everyone's opinion on it and trying to make sense of it because you know, to yeah. me in the beginning, I was like, oh, it makes it makes sense. We should be have a state, and then some people are like, no, we're we're an independent you know entity. We want to stay as independent, and um, you know, so I don't and, know. Decide, and 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 I'll abide by what the vote in the island decides. You know, we majority wins. That's that's the democracy. So yeah. that's always that's also very good. I just if it were to come to that, and it were about association, I, I want the association to be as you know, wh what can we let's get this place going incredibly well you know like we, we have to invest we have to also move forward um, there's a lot of weird things like as a, as a Puerto Rican you know you, you you're a citizen and that you, you know that in the broader scheme of things but then there to send packages every now and then or this product is not in Puerto Rico although that's changed a lot I think there's a little bit more um, more availability with Amazon and these things but by the same token even with Amazon there's some things that they can't go to Puerto Rico anyway it's, it's, it's just weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, thanks for your perspective on it, man. Like I said, I'm just trying to, it's the first time I really dug deep into it. And then I was just trying to gain everyone else's. Have perspective. you been? Have you visited? Yeah, I used to go a lot. My wife and I, um, wow, we love it. We, I mean, when we, before the kids, we used to, we were bartenders. So, you know, we uh, literally just have like three, four days off. It was always like, not a cheap flight, but it was just like a direct flight, three hours from New York down to Puerto Rico, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And we were just like, let's go get some, it'd be like February March. It's very convenient. It's very convenient for state-sized travel. That's that's and for sure. We, we loved. It was just the people were so nice and friendly, and like the hospitality down there was. Not that we were surprised by it, but it was just it was almost it was almost nicer than like you know the hospitality in New York is gives great hospitality, but like down there, I was like, wow, everyone is so nice and so friendly from you know the maitre d to the to the waitress to the bartender to whoever. I mean, everything was just so welcoming, and the weather was gorgeous. So it was. That was like our place to just to take off and spend a few days and just relax. Um, then we started I'm having trying, kids. I'm just trying to get there now for for the summer with my folks and the whole thing about like how can I quarantine myself? I mean, because I'm coming from from Infection Central now, you know, like over here. <laughs> but, but my, my parents are great people. They're also a little old on the older side, you know. Although they're yeah. really young, they keep really young at heart. So so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to travel if I can travel. I, I hope to, and then um, have two weeks, you know, like stay little house in the neighborhood that's, you know, or, or a little apartment, you know, like one of those back of the yeah. house, you know, yeah, two weeks, you know, to say hello. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. So you're, you're kind of at ground zero down there in New York. Um, you know, what, what is the time frame? I know things are starting to reopen a little bit, right? Is that correct in New York? I get, I get that, you know, that vibe and I'm very gingerly gone out of my little brick, you know, in, in my apartment. Uh, I do have the, the East River Park. I go out every day to jog. And, you know, like it's not like total prisoner, but um, but I've been seeing some shops open in that very limited. Uh, yeah. So what is what does that mean for you and, and the theater that you have? I mean, are you can you start doing, you know, quarter capacity, half capacity? Um, you know, what's your next moves for, for the I'm theater? I'm going to wait on that. I'm going to wait on that, man. I, yeah. I, I'm going to wait until I get clear uh, directives from the, you know, it's the state to the city, the city to the mayor, the mayor to the Department of Cultural Affairs. Those are my overseers. So 
uh, you know, in a great way, because they, they're supportive, they're looking out for us. We've been getting like this update from the commissioner. Now, I wouldn't know this as a visual artist. This I know from the theater part, because you're an institution, they communicate with you, like that kind of stuff. So I've been really like impressed by how supportive, I mean, supportive without it's, it's nothing that personal or anything, but they've been really duly diligent with sending us updates. And we understand that this uh, theater and such, and not just me, Broadway, everybody, you know, is gonna be kind of the fourth, uh, the fourth um, wave of a, of a, you know, staggered opening, you know, or industry and this and that. I don't know restaurants if they're number two or three. I really don't know. I just know that we're at the end of the line. We're at the end of the line. And uh, yeah, right. it, it makes sense and how I'm dealing with it, the same way you are. We are, and Latea is proactively, so the plug is we are teatrolatea.org. Please check it out. Um, and you and you go there, and we're doing this Latea Remoto events, you know, remote Latea three times a week. We're like boom, boom, boom. And listen, man, it's like we can try to remain relevant. We bring people together because we like it, like this conversation. And um, and then and then let's, we're gonna work to survive. We're gonna work yeah. to see how we can survive this. But nothing is first, you know, you know. Yeah, man. So tell me, tell me about your your art personally. Like I know you're obviously you've got the theater. You're doing teaching. You're an artist at heart. So tell me about a little bit about one, you know, your art and what you do and what kind of you know art do you do? And then yeah, there we go. All right. I'm gonna. So, you know, so I go like for the past, um, a long time ago, 2001, I've been experimenting. I studied uh, Chinese art history and I really, you know, became fascinated with it. So I started this thing called Chino Latino. Now Chino Latino is any restaurant from, from Havana or, or, or Lima or, you know, places in our, and even in Mexico where you have a lot of, a lot of Chinese immigration, but I wanted to do like a medley visual arts, you know, like my, my stuff, painting. So for 20 years I've been, I came from figuration and I'll show you some figurations perhaps later or something, but I, I started doing this, this Chino Latino medley and uh, prints, man, prints. I love printmaking, check it out. These are, you know, like yeah. this, this Hello Kitty, um, what is it? It's called um, Sambo Chick or Hello Quatli. It's the Mexican, <laughs> it's the Mexican goddess, La Cuatlique, you know, a great, very powerful monolith that the Spaniards buried. I mean, it, it emerged. Because they couldn't destroy it, so it emerged, uh, you know, 1800s after being buried for 300, and yeah. that's that's the serpent head that goes with the serpent body, right? But instead, I, I mixed it up with a kind of uh, black Hello Kitty, you know, uh, and it reminding reminds me of the um, of the tripe sellers, you know, tripe sellers in festivals and um, and and fritters, you know, in Loiza in several parts, yeah. I'm sure Puerto Rico and all over the Caribbean and Mississippi and you name it, you know. So we're, we're all over. And how would you would mix those two together? Because um, the Spaniards' greatest concern at some point early in Mexico City was that the indigenous of the Africans were getting it on, leaving them out of the genetic mix or something like that, you know? Yeah. So it's, a, it's a mixture. It's a mixture. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if anyone's listening on the podcast, check out this. This will be on YouTube as well. So if you want to see some of Miguel's... Uh, some of, some of Miguel's artwork, uh, just, just go onto the, the Bowery Collective YouTube Gringo and Latin America podcast and you can see some of his artwork that we're showing right now. You, got, you have anything else up there that you can show? Sure. Hey, this is, this is early on. Um, and I love this one because it's like, uh, to me, it's like the, the originally, instead of, um, instead of Sonia Braga, Brazilian actor, I used to have Celia Cruz. The original was Celia Cruz, you know, the Afro diva chanteuse from, from, from uh, Cuba. And, uh, and so I thought it was a beautiful, because he was an indigenous shaman, you know, he probably um, done the ritual of La Cojoba. It's from a sculpture from the Taino culture. Like, oh, watching a, a European woman, the odalisk, and then Celia Cruz, you know, our African, our African root on the back. And, uh, and it's, it's a fun print. Then I made nine women, you know, nine different Latin American divas would take up the place of Celia. Celia's one of nine, she's the first. Mm -hmm. And so I have Puerto Ricans, you know, Dominicans, Cubans. Brazilians, Argentinians, in the diva, kind of, you know, a little lighten it up, you know, so now it's just like the diva, so. The diva, yeah, all right. There's that. <laughs> and now, because you're a mezcal drinker and uh, you're into the Mexican culture, etilic Mexican culture, uh, I've been doing a lot with mixing up the, the Chino, the Chino Latino thing with Maya. Uh, because, you know, I've been doing Chino Latino 20 years. So at this point, it's in my, I'm doing it. I got some landscapes. I'm working on one right now. But you know, I, I, I just got into the, the, the Maya thing by teaching at Baruch, by teaching Latin American history at Baruch. I tried to start teaching. It doesn't start with Columbus for Christ's sake. There's like millennia, <laughs> civilization sprang up, came down, you know, Roman empires of their own right, 
Han empires of their own right in our America. So I, I went back and then, you know, um, I, I, I've been really, really uh, taken. So, so, what, so what am I looking at here? What is, did you, you, you made this? Like, what am I looking at? Oh, this is my, uh, uh, the central, um, it's a bigger piece and I can't show you the bigger piece because of the zoom. This is what, what, what turns up. Yeah. Um, you have like a, a Maya mural figure of a guy, the one that, you know, like uh, the one that's on the other side of me, right, right here, yeah, that guy. Um, yep. So he must be on a how or a lord. And then behind him, you see like there's like a skull, he's carrying death or his death or the god of death. Um, and I put that in, the, in a Chinese court, in the setting of a Chinese court of the 12th century Song dynasty. Whatever. It, it's just, you know, it's powerful, right? I mean, and I'm just, I'm just an admirer. I'm just yeah, a... Yeah, I mean, do, you, do you study the, the Mayan uh, people? Do you, do you study the Mayan civilization at all? Like, what do you... Oh, yeah. No, no, I do, but independently. I, you know, I don't yeah. know anything. Um, I'm just, I bring it up in my classes for, you know, right. my regular classes. And out of that has evolved a remarkable study, you know, like visual study mm. like this. And, uh, and I feel like after I, I went so far away, I went to China, Chinese culture, was, it's been such a, an incredible trip for me to to sort of get into. This feels so much more familiar in a, yeah. in a, in a magnificent way. I mean, because this is our culture. I grew up with with a waco from Peru, which is a little sculpture. Um, I grew up with with a lot of uh, you know virgins from the Cusco, virgin paintings from Cusco. My parents are just critics, writers. They didn't have money or anything. You know, souvenirs you pick up, but you know, like pride of place of the different Latin American. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think the Mayan people, the culture, I mean, you know, obviously, do, I mean, do you think that civilization was a lot more advanced than maybe we thought they were? Or, you know, do you think like, I mean, to me, like I always hear about the Mayans and they knew about, you know, the stars and the, the calendars and, yeah. and all this stuff. Do we feel like, you know, they were super advanced and then we lost their technology and, you know, like, I don't know. I try to get people. No, to no, 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 no. I think I think like they were they were advanced in calculation. I think theoretically. I think the mindset and and I'm and obviously if you look at the material remains, I mean they're incredible. I mean the yeah. cities they had huge limitations. Those cities. I think they they were on the top tier of their time. You know, like yeah. whatever. But no, I, I don't do that. You mean the Omni shit and spaceships and stuff? Like I, I, don't, I don't think know. so. No, no, no. Well, I want to know your. You know, you're drawing it. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I, I draw it, but that's the thing is, that's how they drew. That's how they, 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 yeah. they I, again, they were telescoping themselves far mm -hmm. into the future. When I look at some Maya things, I think they were intuiting or playing with the connectivity of today. People have earphones. You know, like Maya yeah. things have all these accoutrements. And, and so you think, okay, that's us today. You know, the hanging, the, the, the hanging stuff to talk on the phone. Then you have the headphones. I mean, they're, they're, they're see, there can be a lot of paraphernalia that you wear. Um, and I think it's, it's them is them anticipating this in their in their yeah no I just I just I don't, I don't know if there was you know any aliens that came down or spaceships or anything like right. that but I just feel like they you know to build what they were building and the calculations and the calendars and you know just they they seem to have it they seem to be dialed in um, with humans and the Earth and uh, you know I don't know they just they seem to 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 be a little more advanced for their time than many yeah. of the other cultures around them I agree I agree, I agree. yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's cool, man. Do you, do you have any other art you want to show, or? Sure. No. Well, we talk. I'll I'll show you stuff, man. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I have cool I have stuff, art. man. So where where do you um where is it all this stuff at the theater, or where do you do you have a, a shop, or where do you keep? I don't know. I I mean, before the theater, I have my um you know my shop, and um and basically uh I paint, you know, I paint, and and you know uh, we've been doing some framing. I also started uh. With, with a partner. He's really the managing partner, a great guy called Eric Rios. We started an amazing frame shop, man. It's called Frames and Stretchers. Hmm. Kind of from my studio, you know, like we launched it and, uh, and we, so I, now I'm cornered. I got a little corner where I have to pay, you know, because the, the frame shop has been great, man. It's been re really successful. Um, so, so we got this Frames and Stretchers. It's called Frames and Stretchers going on as well. Cool. That's yeah. cool. I'm looking for stuff. Let me see. No worries, no worries. So the, the frames, the frames and stretchers. I mean, if people wanted to look at your art or possibly buy it, do they go to frames and stretchers? Where do they, where do they go to to see your art? No, they can always contact me through frames and stretchers, and um, and and um, they can look me up at miguelstrages.com. Cool. Miguelstrages.com. They can Google me up. <clears throat> oh, for example, <laughs> that's a drawing right now. Like, what is going? What is going on in this picture? I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I want to show you a few. Let me show you a few. Whatever, whatever pops up. And this is all new. I've been drawing a lot because we're in captivity, right? So we got to, 
so do you do you find your what you're drawing now anything different since you called it captivity have you do you feel like your your drawings in the last two months have been different than what your drawings were the last couple of years i i think they've been more intense some of them because of the captivity but it, it it's ongoing interest it's not like it's been like oh my god i just um i just changed to something totally or you know the trauma or not you know right. i've been working with this is just working more intensely adding stuff uh yeah. having a little bit more of the space to concentrate you know like to to just to just do it you know like this wow. very calligraphic stuff um cool man yeah so i you know it's it's hit and miss some some of them i think i you know i really feel them i really really like and that then there's the process you know you just do your stuff and I hope I hope it comes out, you know, thinking like a gothic horror, wow. Lovecraft and Edgar Allan Poe or something. I don't know, you know. Yeah. See, we gotta we have to have you if we can if we can host Arte Agave this year, we have to have you come in and show some of your pieces. Ah, it would be awesome. Yeah, I've, I've done some cool collaborations with with uh you know, I once did um Heineken hired me mm. and I hired 20 artists and we did a thousand bodegas in New York. Now that's not a thousand images, that's a thousand bodegas, because you know. A bodega can be a deluxe edition one with three front windows, or it can be one with just one window. So we we printed all those um, artworks, you know, using Heineken as a departure point. It was really exciting. Uh, we had 20 oh. artists. I was in, and I did my own art, and I also did, um, you know, did art for them. Let me see if I find it. Like wow! So did those all those artists create their own unique piece? I was kind of like the editor. It's kind of being in the theater now, you know, like. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a nice mic, you know. I think I just got a mic. Is that the Yeti? Yeti? Yeah. Is there... I got a Yeti, man, because I, I think it's going to probably be a lot better on the... On the on yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, man. Check it out. There it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, that's how I launched this podcast, man. I just started buying random stuff and started doing things and just started to figure it out. Yeah, that's well, what's your relationship with, like, this podcasting? Were you as active as you as I am now, too? I mean, I, I really wasn't because... I had to do it like for the university, you know, holding class twice a week, boom, boom, boom. It was wonderful. I'm really lucky that way. How, how did your online thing sort of happen in the middle of this mess? Or? What, why? What, what do you mean that, that I'm doing more online stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like the transition to online, when did it yeah. actually? Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I had wanted to do this podcast for a, a while, um, but you know, time just whatever. You just, you can't find the time or this, that, the other thing, you have an excuse. And then as soon as this thing hit, I mean, I was always creating content and doing interviews and, I was just like, well, now, you know, now it's got to be via Zoom. Now it's got to be via something else. And um, I went quickly into transitioning to online video and, um, you know, voice um, interviews and content. So mine was kind of quick and I was already sort of doing it live. So it was, I guess, an easier transition. Um, so I just, I just knew, you know, like I had to stay relevant. So I'm like, I'm just going to start creating as much content as possible. Um, you know, so it was, it was kind of a, a quick, easy transition for me. Oh, wow. So this is us doing the, that was one of mine, uh, but I had like 20 artists, I had incredible visions. So um, so 20 other artists created something completely different than what you're showing. Oh yeah, let me, I'll, I'll show you something else. I'll, I'll, that was one of mine and I had many more than those. I mean, cause we all had our. And then and then it, it was in like the windows of the bodegas? Yeah. How, how big were they and all the bodegas? Oh, we're talking, I mean, they varied from bodega, huge. I mean, I'm talking about six feet by six feet on average and then could be bigger. <laughs> Dude, right now you and you and I, we need to, we need to get a tequila mezcal brand to do this guerrilla marketing right now. Like, all right, yeah. All the liquor stores or bodegas or we need to do something similar to this. We got we got to get illegal mezcal on the horn because they're all about artists, um, and create some really cool stuff for stores. Let's see. I don't know what I'm picking, but it's from that project. Let's see. Let's see what comes. All right. Oh God, that's cool. So that's that's another vision. Wow. Let's see. And and I'm right now, oh my God, the artist is going to kill me. I don't remember which artist it was, but. Oh, you got to get credit. Yeah, no, they were, they were incredible. I mean. Was there a theme to it or Heineken just said, go for it? Well, Heineken said, go for it. But um, there were controls, you know, like I had meetings and I had stuff rejected. I mean, yeah. it was an open exploration, but the brand, you know how brands are. I mean, they're they're very. Uh, yeah. Curious well, about their, well, especially a brand like Heineken. That's, that's even more. Um, so. So they would say no to this, no to that. But I, I, in general, okay, this is actually with the photo in front of the bodega. This is Rene Juan de la Cruz. Uh, this guy's incredible. He was one of the designers, you know, to help process. He was the designer of the whole, of the whole, you know, bodega cultural was my concept. Mm. And um, yeah, and he he helped me conceptualize. He was with me at the cockpit. And uh, but this is his own artwork, so it's very like funky, cartoony. It's really out of control. 
um, which I think it's also very graffiti. It's like this elegant graffiti. Um, so cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see. Uh, anyway, yeah. So you see, those projects are always such a challenge because it's yeah. like uh, Neil Young. They're singing for Miller. They're singing for Bud. I don't sing for no. So I, I do that. I only do my own thing. But I think these are interesting challenges, and there's some money to boot. And for me, if the challenge involves like organizing other artists or you know like work, I think then it it, it bears fruition because it's uh, putting bread in a lot of people's jar. You know, like it, it's, yeah. More than I mean, so you know, you work with a lot of artists, obviously performers. You know, is there any relief that you know of for for these people that you know they're pretty much independent contractors across the board? And if you didn't have some Broadway big contract, like you know, is there unemployment for these these workers anywhere? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, the New York Foundation for the Arts, uh, which is one of our local, you know, the mainstay in New York for for visual arts, for example, and. It's it's giving Scott it's giving uh, money out to folks that, for example, are in the gig economy in the arts, setting up shows, and so that's wonderful. That just came up. Um, um, the settlements, the Henry Street settlement, the, the, you know, they're they're also putting some dollars in, in artists um, in artists' hands. I, I, so there's the, the, everybody's doing something. You know, like people are really really working to try. If it's going to be sufficient, of course not. But you know, we're we're all in this very big jam right now. So. I think the most important thing is just everybody like ratchet down the, you know, like the, the gut reactions and everything and just like move on forward. Peace. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, it's just, uh, it's, it's tough. And I know I'm probably like you, I'm kind of itching to uh, start moving forward a little bit. Look at this one. I don't even know that one. It's, it's kind of interrupted. I remember who did, what happened, but it's pretty cool. These are amazing. Again, if any, anyone's listening to this podcast via Spotify or whatever, you got to check check out the YouTube page because Miguel's got um, all these artists that did this this Heineken campaign. When, are, when is this when is this airing right now? Or we're, we're, we're no, it'll, this is just recording, and then I'll I'll put it I'll put it up probably tomorrow morning. So okay, tomorrow morning. So this is my last show at Batea. If you're a Spanish speaker or you speak a la lingua, you know, check it out, man. I mean, it's like from Colombia. Uh, it's called the Pied Pipers. You know. Okay. Uh, and, and it's a very cool show that was in Colombia. We've done it here. And um, and the producer who also works for Latea, a woman called Tatiana Rondero, she's she's presenting it now online, the new format, you know, phones. And so we're playing with that, you know, learning, learning um, cool. how to reinvent the theater in this, for this era. I mean, because it's- Yeah, really anything like, else you've been doing online? I know you, you did the, the saxophone uh, thing last night, right? Was that last oh, night? Well, there's something that, I don't know if I should talk about it, but yeah, I, I really will because I, it's coming out Good. amazing. Uh, we broker, because that's what this theater does, you know, put people together, take, get cool. our own ideas, your ideas, whatever. We do have a strong Latin American streak and, and that's our foundation. And, but we also have, like we've done um, a lot of Shakespeare in English by up and coming uh, troops and, 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 you know, and they're really cool. Sometimes they're just, you know, no relation to the Latin theater, but like, we want to like collaborate. We want to do things with you. Boom, we go. We've had major motion pictures shot here. Major motion right. pictures. Those are great when the scouts come because then they, they help generate the vibe for the ecosystem. You know, like yeah. they help us with, with a, you know, and it's so cool. Everybody wants to hang out if Lee Manuel Miranda's hanging out or Ron Hassing, Ron Howard, Richard Gere, you know, folks like that. Like I once brought my students to draw at my studio and they had turned, there's a, there's a Richard Gere film where he's a cop, some kind of cop, it's like a precinct, it's rough. I, I've seen, I don't remember the name, but he, he, was, he was in my studio, I'm bringing my students from Hunter College, you know, to like, to do a final crit in my studio, and who's out there kind of looking like, mm, yes, my name is Richard Gere, so. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, you're, how, how big is the theater? How many, how many people does it You know, we, we, we have 74 chairs because we're an old, uh, the place that the theater created, theater created a cultural center called the Clemente. And uh, the okay. Clemente Sotoveles Cultural and Educational Center, we're Puerto Rican, Latino, multicultural. Um, so we, right now we have, we have like 50 visual artists creating here. We have four theaters, a puppet theater, but this is the theater that created the center. Now we're independent. The center's got its own 501c3, we're, we're our own. But um, the theater used to be the, the, the theater, the auditorium of a 1897-98 uh, former schoolhouse. Back mm -hmm. when, you know, immigration, give me your poor huddled masses, you know, German Jews, um, Italians, you know, we're talking about, wow, Ellis Island, Ellis Island. So then um, it's got this gothic splendor on the outside and the actual theater, it's got that old world craft, you know, it's got, when people come in, they say, this, this is so nice. I mean, there's something, very intimate about it. And yet it can hold uh, 240 back in the day. It went down mm -hmm. to 160. 
And, you know, until we get sprinklers, you know, we got to abide by code. So we 74. Um, so it's really, uh, it's a jewel, it's a small jewel. That's cool, man. And what's, what's your title? And it's bar. And it's, oh, okay. And then people, I mean, you're a mezcal people, you know, I'm, I'm don't cool. I'm rum people. I like, if I can have a babancu, uh, which is one of the best rums in the Caribbean, the other one has got to be Donku uh, from Mercedita in Ponce. But um, it's got a bar. Then they brought this bar. And, the, and, and you, it's so funny how people gravitate towards the bar because the bar. Yeah, the, but the bar is the old stage, which was quainter. And yeah. also you got to go up to it. And, and the place, they like to use the bar. You know, like they actually like to. Then the, the woman runs off to the bar. The guy goes after her. They have a scene in the bar. So it becomes um, something else. Nice. How, how big is the bar that you have in the theater? That's pretty decent, man. I'd say like uh, 12 feet, you know, at least 12 okay. feet, you know, uh, maybe 15. And then uh, I'd say good two and a half feet of, you know, depth. And then we got enough space, enough space to put beers out and, and, and wine. That's can you can you serve alcohol or is it just a beer and wine? Well, I'm in the middle of, of trying to get an alcohol license before all this because mm -hmm. we, I mean, nobody wants another or not. I mean, people don't want and more bars in the Lower East Side. I mean, I'm talking about the neighbors. <laughs> it was that kind of a situation, right? Like a lot of community board. You go, you yell, blah, blah. So well, you're, a, you're a theater. It shouldn't be that bad. It's not like you're going to be throwing. Well, no. Right. My, my drink is my culture. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, you can't have a cultural, you can't have a, a cultural thing going on without, without the drink. And so the drink is culture. So how can you have a Latin American theater without ron, cachaza, okay? Pisco. Uh, Right. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not even going there. I mean, that's already <laughs> the world of mezcal, okay? <laughs> no, you have to have the rum. You have to have the pisco. You're right. I mean, um, dude, uh, Miguel, we, we're going we're gonna to have to throw a party at your theater, man. Like, I'm itching now. Now that you and I have, this is like our fourth conversation. You know, like, I can't wait till we can start getting some people in a room. I'll, I'll bring some brands. You bring some performances. We'll bring the people. Like, I'm ready to start celebrating with you, man. Well, I want you to, before you do, I want you to check out, I mean, our latest is this collaboration with uh, a burlesque dancer. We were doing like, we have done two burlesque shows. Really cool. Um, this woman, Victoria Rodriguez, she's got her own persona called Quinceañera. And, you know, burlesque is big, you know, around here in, in oh, yeah. downtown. And there's, there's a lot of really cool things. So we got this Latinx burlesque um, connection through Victoria. They were doing shows. But, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're seeing about people doing pole dancing on car washes out there and, and stuff, you know, because even the clubs, all, all, everything we take for granted. And so, so then I combine her with the jazz or I ask her, hey, what about if we get this amazing um, saxophone player, a guy called Jonathan Suazo. We do a lot of jazz here. We like, we like jazz. And we got an amazing guy uh, called Miguel Senon. Uh, he's um, a genius, MacArthur genius winner. He is one of the most um, deft saxes around mm -hmm. i would say uh beyond latin and way beyond you know it's like yeah. the whole circuit so he um he invites young people in or other musicians you know uh, up and coming musicians you got this guy suazo suazo scored um a sax uh sax piece for the burlesque dancer i mean she had her reference so he scored it live gave it his his own soul so we're gonna do this new burlesque um uh series where we have a burlesque the victoria our star queen Sinera, and then we're going to combine with a different jazz player. I got a drummer coming up, a guy called Fernando Garcia. I can't even imagine what's going to happen when it goes, you know, like the percussion. You're of doing saxophone, drummer, burlesque, all yeah, in one thing. Like the sax and the burlesque, the, the, the drummer and the burlesque. They, you know, like these musicians like you and I have also reinvented themselves. Some of them have track music. You know, like they are very um, creative in terms of making an orchestra when they need the orchestral sound because a lot of them are also going to do their their own sound, you know, like, and that, you know, that economy can really, can really take a, a burlesque, an economy of sounds, of syncopated rhythms, could really get the, the burlesque to shine even more. Not is this going to be, is this going to be recorded? Or are you going to go? Uh, yeah, we just got the first one. We got a first one. So hopefully do look out at Latea website. We should have it out next week. I, I, I want to really, actually, maybe you can give me some advice because I'm, I'm doing stuff through my website. That's the platform you check out. And so on and so forth. But I want to see if I can launch this as a conversation, like with you right now. We're yep. talking. But then the actual, um, it's a short video. I mean, it's like five minutes, if even. So that I want to have in um, a big platform. I don't know, like YouTube or, you know, like to see if that can also yep. uh, add traffic. Well, I mean, what we're doing here, I mean, I've done a couple of webinars via Zoom. So you could always do it via Zoom and invite everyone that you know. 
And then I'm also, you know, you can record it on here so I can record it so you can play it back on YouTube or you can play it back on your website. Also, you connects to Facebook, so you can go live on Facebook. So, right, live on Facebook too. Is something yeah, so what we're doing right now is is you could literally have invited a hundred people or whatever, twenty people. Oh to my watch. God, I give classes in this format. No, yeah. I'm saying in terms of the actual, um, I, I I don't need to be socially distant online. I, I really yeah. want to connect as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just depends on how much traffic is going to. You get more traffic to your website, or you get more traffic to Facebook. Um, we you know, we get like, equal amounts of traffic. We're like like. We're, we're small, but we're growing and, and, and we're trying to increase our, I'm not going to throw any numbers out there. <laughs> yeah. So like I, I, if, if I were you, I would, I would definitely send out an invite to everyone that you know, obviously, and then try to, I would try to make it maybe like a kind of like a zoom, a zoom event, you know, maybe it's a 10 minute zoom event or right. 15 minutes, you know, maybe you come on, you do mm -hmm. something, also something she performs for a song or two. Uh, but then, like I said, you can go on live on zoom, you can go live on, on social media and you're also recording it. So then you can put it right into your uh, YouTube or um, to your website you know, if you want. So I, I would try to, what I'm trying to say is cover as many platforms as possible instead of just going live on, you know, your website. I would try to host an event that's recording while going live at the same time. Yeah, I, I want to get to that kind of level of sophistication. I really want to. <laughs> I'm working. Yeah, I'll help you, man. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll run it. We'll help you with Arte Agave, man. Like, I'll, I'll help you do it, man. We'll help promote it. We'll put it out on our social media, we'll send an email out as well. Like, it's, let's just have fun with it. To me, to me, man, I, like I said, starting this podcast, I just start doing things and then working through it and see how it goes. And you just start building momentum. You know, if you have 14 people that watch the first time, who cares? You had 25 to watch the next, you know, it's like any other show. If you do it well enough, people will start coming. Um, so you let me know, man. We'll, we'll love to help you out and promote it. And I'll walk you through anything um, that you need help with. We'd love that. We'd love that. So, um, Thank you. Thank you for the, you know, for the invitation. This has been really, you know, really exciting. Oh, check it out. Um, I just, cause this is the jazz concert we had um, yesterday. This amazing guy, you know. Nice. John Coos, you know, playing the sax. Um, oops, the other way. There you go, John. Uh, and you know, and what's great is we had this sax player called Jan and he was talking to Miguel Sanon. So you get the sense of also being, uh, a witness to a shop talk among really serious artists and you know and how they 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 frame their their performances with their own intellectual slash technical slash whatever considerations yeah and what are you saying he was who was he talking to he had a conversation with who well no miguel Sinon, the, the sort of presenter of the jazz series he we partnered, yeah, partnered with him to bring a, a great musician and a, and so he talks to jan Coos, you know so he talks to the guy he invites uh -huh. um, and then, you know, and you get a sense of that. And then we play cuts from different concerts. So when we have footage from La Thea concert, we played from La Thea, which is, it's almost like, oh my God, you know, like that was, that was the world pre-COVID shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean that's kind of cool too. If you had like a little show, that's like somebody's talking to the artist, getting a little perspective from them, and then you get to see them perform. Um, you know, you can make it into like, that's, a hey, that's what I'm doing at La Thea. And I, and I, that's what I need a partner or partners with, you know, like, but again, everyone is in such standby, but I think we have some amazing content. We need to partner. We need to grow a little bit more, you know, our, our public and such, but we also need to partner in such a way, especially if it's going to be online, how do we pay the artists? You know, like, what do we do? Like this, these are all considerations because bad as it was in the old days, you had the box office and people show up, they give you the money, they buy the beer. I mean, it's just still over. Just a bit, forget the theater. I mean, then the beer, buy the beer. So even that, you know, like yeah. you can't buy beer or you can, and, and we will, but I'm just saying it's just taking a huge dip. Yeah. 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 So listen, man, how, tell me all the places where everyone can find you um, and find the websites and find the theater websites. Give everyone the gamut of how to find you, how to support you and when you get going. Thank um, you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So what, what I, uh, if you want to look at my work, uh, you know, either Google my name, my name is Miguel Trelles, T-R-E-L-L-E-S, or you can, you can check out MiguelTrelles.com, MiguelTrelles.com. That's my website. Um, and I also would really, really invite you all to, to check out um, Teatro La Thea. I mean, it's TeatroLatea.org. And then, you know, it's got a little ticket and you pierce the ticket and then remote latte, you know, like the music or you want to do it. I'm doing a podcast, you know, like right now. So that would be great if you visit us to check that out. Um, and I don't know if you need any framing. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds like snake, uh, snake oil seller, right? And then, you know, oh, and, uh, and then, you know, and I also do this. Um, uh, I don't do massage, though, fortunately. And then come to my massage parlor. No, I... Um, I have this frame shop. It's called Frames and Stretchers. Great for, for framing. So that's cool. pretty much me.
Nice. And then what's the um the where the, the jazz is on is on the website your website yeah yeah teatro.org you will see i mean every wednesday we're doing the jazz uh and fridays we're doing that crazy you know like new way of theater uh, called the pipe pipers of woodside it's called pipe pipers of woodside so that and it's in spanish now it's in spanish the jazz is the conversation is mostly in english the jazz is jazz and um so yeah yeah Cool, brother. Well, listen, man, I, I thank you again for your time the second time around. Uh, I appreciate, you know, your, 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 we, we changed this a bunch of times. So, man, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, again, you know, like I said, being, being a voice for, you know, the, the artists and, and musicians and performers at this time is, you know, I think everyone's looking at the hospitality industry and freaking out, but no one's even remembering like artists and musicians and, you know, people that, you know, are pretty much independent contractors. So thanks for your time and, and your perspective on, on all that, man. I love what you're doing. And I just, I really can't wait till I could get back to New York. You're in the Lower East Side, right? Lower East Side? Lower East Side. Yeah. So I can't wait to get down there and uh, crack open. So you have some rum, I'll have some mascal and, uh, you know, chat in person. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hitting that theater with you. I can't wait. Thank you. Gracias. What are we looking at? What's the last picture you show me? That's Waso. That is the man that is scoring the burlesque dance. Okay. Right. He is the first jazz, uh, jazz um, sax player that, that, that we, that we feature. I'm not the first one, but the first one that said to the burlesque collaboration, I'll do it. Let's do it. You know, but so I'm really indebted to him. He's, uh, he's quite, um, he also, when he came here, cause he played here um, earlier this, you know, before the pandemic, um, he he taped everything state of the art you know like so we have suazo at la tea and it's incredible it's an incredible mm. live concert and you know i don't think about these things when i'm like looking at them because i you know i'm here live enjoying it having a beer and uh, and then i get to chat with suazo and miguel said oh they chat with everybody we all come out and drink but but then i'm thinking oh my god now now it's so different it's so poignant in a different way who would have thought you know who would have thought yeah well, cool, man. Listen, I, I won't take much of your time. I, I appreciate it again. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that we're becoming friends here. Like I said, I, I can't wait to get back to New York and hit the Lower East Side and, and have a cocktail with you and start start collaborating, man. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to what's next and what we can do together. Cool, man. Well, thank, thanks for your time, brother. I appreciate you. I'll see you guys next time. Uh, Green Gold Latin America podcast. See you guys soon.